I'm, I'm like Reverend Staples. Almost made me cry. Almost. Almost. God be praised. Uh, give some praise just for the ideal God came up for Father. What it's supposed to mean. What it supposed to do. Now give God, our Heavenly Father, some praise. Hallelujah. 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 I think I was con a couple of weeks ago when Reverend Cornelius called me. He said, Pastor, nobody else can preach this but you. I said, here go the con. Here go the con. But... <laughs> But it's okay. I understand. We, so we're going to attempt to preach this. Amen. If your Bible's with you, we are reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 17. I'm not going to keep you long because I know the restaurant is going to get a rush of people. Uh, I know. I, I know. I, I know. I know. I know that uh, it's going to be an hour, two-hour wait to get into. It's going to be so full. I'm speaking what it should be, not what it is. But, but if fatherhood ever reached what it's supposed to be in God's eyes, that's what it would be. We have missed the concept that it's supposed to be because we have not followed God's pattern. What I'm learning more and more of is that when we don't see God's pattern and we come up with our own ideal instead of a blessing, sometimes it turns to be a curse. I commend uh, Reverend Staples for picking a verse that and not just deals with fathers, but spiritual fathers, because I believe that even if we can't call back fathers to be real fathers, spiritual fathers have to step up so that that meaning and that, and that pattern that God has established will not be lost. Reading from a 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 through 17, it reads as such. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I, I warn you. For though you may have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel, therefore I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. From this idea, I got this, from this text, the, the thought of standing to, together we stand, alone we fall. Mighty men of God. Mighty men of God. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, move Tracy out the way. And 
allow your Shekinah glory to fall fresh on me. Father, just guide my thoughts, my words, that which I need to see. Saturate us with your presence that we may hear what the Spirit is saying today. Lord, even now. Lord, even now. Amen. It was funny that as the praise dancers was illustrating the dance and the various things that fathers do with their children, it affected all of us differently. Some wish that their father did play basketball or football or some wish that their dads was there and that they even knew their dads. Memories that we have is not always good when the ideal of father is mentioned. Paul comes to this text and, and we got to remember that Paul is a Jewish man living within the first century. And, and, and Paul sees things not how we see it. His, his life perspective is different than our life perspective. He, he knows things from a Jewish perspective. So many times when we try to, to force our view, our worldview, our concept on a text, we miss the richness of what Paul is really trying to talk about. Paul is, is, is a Jew who, who is used to rabbis that was teachers. And as I explained to you before, that rabbis will come and they will pick up students, young Jewish boys, to say, I'm going to follow me, walk with me, let me teach you. And you will leave whatever you're doing. And because you was chosen, because you was picked out, to study, not just study the word, but watch this master teacher live out their Christian or their Jewish life. You left everything and live with them to become just like him. <laughs> That's foreign for us. You know, it was so, how can I say, it was so part of that culture that when Jesus comes and sees John and James, he says, come and follow me. And because he was the up-and-coming rabbi, they, of course, left. We read that text, we say, they was crazy. No, not in that day. Because the hope of every Jewish boy was that you was picked. And guess what? Most of the time, only the smartest was picked. You know what Jesus did? He picked the ones that flunked out by the age of 12. But by the age of 12, they knew most of the five books, the Torah of the Bible. They just wasn't smart enough to continue their education in the book. And now here comes Jesus, and he picks them out, and he's the noted rabbi. Of course you win. Let me show you something else. Most rabbis have four or five students. Jesus, when he walked in, you know how many he had? 
12. You know how many tribes it was in the Old Testament? 12. That was like having a big Leon sign saying, I am the Messiah to the Jewish people. Because it, it connected them to the Old Testament and they're looking for the Messiah to come. And here he walks in and he has 12 disciples and every city he walked into, there was commotion saying, is he the one? Is this it? Is this the sign? Paul understands this and in this text, what he is saying to the church of corn, he said, I am your spiritual rabbi. Walk in my dust. Let me show you dust. We're on a dirt road. You're walking behind me. And as I'm walking, guess what is flipping up and flying on him? But guess what? As we sit together, as we eat together, as we sleep together, he's learning just not what I know. He's learning how I live. Did you hear that? He's just not absorbing my information. But as I go and I, and I relate to folks, he's watching everything I do because he is following me. He is my disciple. Disciple, I am his teacher. So what's being imparted into him is everything he sees in me. At some point, he would get all that I got and I could pass it to him that he can impart it to somebody else. This is customary for Paul and the Jewish community. And what Paul is saying in this is saying, he said, you have watched me. I have lived with you. I have imparted into you. I have made deposits into you. And you ought to be following me and making deposit in somebody else. You know what has happened? We're not making deposits no more. You know what happened? We're losing the idea of spiritual fathers and, and someone wanting to learn and do life. So I want to see how you live because I want to catch what you got. I even see this in the Old Testament. I was, I was listening to some, some tapes on, 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 on CD and I was listening to the Old Testament and I was going through uh, Second Samuel and it came to a text that I, I used to love as a kid. I used to love this text. It was a text of David, uh, strong guys, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 23. And, and it comes to this text. It says, and David, mighty man. Let me explain. David had 37 guys that were super bad. I mean, these boys was bad. These boys would cut your head off if you look at them wrong. But out of the 37, three of them was greater than the rest of them. Let me explain why. Because of their feet, their, their, their escalades, their, their acts in, in fighting. And if you read on, what you find out is all these guys, their supernatural feats in battle, 
You know where they caught it from? David. Let me explain. Remember David and Goliath's story? And when Goliath the giant and theologians said he was somewhere between 9 feet, some says 11 feet tall, that when he came, all the Israelites ran, and David is the only one that stood up? Did you know that after David killed Goliath, it became a thing to be a giant killer in Israel? You see, somebody's watching you. He may be watching me, and he's watching what I do. And if he sees me do it, he wants to do it. I I don't hear me. Watch this. If he sees me walk in faith, guess what's going to happen if he keeps on walking with me? My faith begins his faith. And what happens is, as he watched me, he's going to do more than me because his faith is going to be encouraged by the faith that I had. Guess what ought to be happening in the church? There ought to be some men rising up, walking by faith, reaching back, laying their hands on some young ladies, some young men, and said, as I follow Jesus, You follow me in Jesus so that watch what he does in my life. And if the Lord does this in my life, he's going to do it in your life. These bad boys, one of the the chiefest of the shows, I used to read this. I used to read this as a kid and as a teenager because I wanted to be a fighting guy. So when I read it, I read it for the wrong reason. Okay? I love the fighting guys. So when I heard this one guy, the chief guy, he killed 800 all by himself. The next guy, Elizazer, he fought in a field till the sword clinged to his hand by himself. It doesn't even tell you how many people he killed, but he was out there. All Everybody else ran, and he did not run. The next guy was in a, in, a, in a literally patch, and he stood there, and he killed all the Philistines, hundreds of them at one time. They could not have done this by their own strength. This was a supernatural act that they did. My question to us is, what gave them the authority and the power to yes, do Lord this? Yes, Lord I was wondering until I went back to Joshua yes, and I saw a promise in the Bible. We say it as a, as a byword, but this was literally a promise in Joshua where God said, one of you, shall kill or make a thousand flee, and two of you, 10,000. Come here. If I'm able by by faith, I got God's promise on me, and because David did what he did, I believe that I can do that and more, and I'm fighting the devil and making the devil by his and his demons run, and I by myself can make a thousand flee. Watch this. It sounds like when I hook up with somebody, 
with the same faith that we can only do 2,000. But God doesn't add like us. God, he, he multiplies when we are adding. Now watch this. So the two of us, Scripture says, shall make 10,000 flick. Well, what you think going to happen if three of us get together, if four of us get together? Listen, everybody else is standing up. Don't you think it's time for the church to stand up? Bird was saying to me, he said, he said, have you watched the news? I said, no, man, I haven't really watched the news. He said, he said after that shooting in, 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 in that place, in that, in that gay bar, he said, all of a sudden, gays from all over the world are standing up together in unity. Let me, let me, let me correct something. Now, some people would say that happened because it was in the gay bar. You can't say that because the first shooting happened in a school. Conobine. And if you're not too bad far, it happened in a church. So what is happening is that something has happened in the culture where people are losing their minds and they're going in everywhere and shooting up anybody. And it doesn't matter whether you're in a church, in a mall, in a dance hall, or whatever. But what has happened is Satan is getting in the mind of folks where they think it's cool become a mass murderer. And let me be honest with you, nobody is completely safe because they're going to walk in anywhere. Now, I'm not telling you to be fearful. What I'm telling you, if the church don't stand up now, it's a spiritual battle that is happening. It's happening all over the place. I stood here right after Carnival, and I told you that as I watched it on TV, the Spirit of the Lord fell on me, and the Lord said, this is not going to be the last time. It's going to start happening all over the place. I stood there the next Sunday and said that, because as sure as I know I'm alive, I know the Lord spoke that to me. And that's the age that we are living in. And what is happening is trouble is making folks who got the wrong agenda stand together. How much more should the church be standing for the Lord and telling them it's the Lord that saves. It's the Lord that is right. How much more? Listen, we don't have to stand up on the outside. If we stand up on the inside, we're losing our kids. We're losing our sons. We're losing our daughters. We're losing because nobody is saying, I'll stand up and let me live the life and watch me walk it out and walk it out like me. And if we don't catch hold of this principle, then we're going to lose what God has given us. Listen, the principles work for good and bad. Let me, let me see something. You best watch who you hook up to. Everybody is not meant for you to hook up to. You feel, can you play the bad guy for the day? Okay. Um, this is payback. <laughs> if you hooked up to somebody who's not walking in faith, uh -huh. 
who don't have word of encouragement, then how do you expect to get to the next level if they are not walking in agreement with God has given you? If I'm allowing him because he can't see what I see, because he's not where, where I'm at, and that he's not walking where I'm walking, and if I allow him to speak into my spirit, don't you know that his negativity will contaminate my faith, my vision, and my spirit? I'm not saying quit being a friend, but I can't listen to you talk. I'm not going to share my vision with you. Why should I share with you what you can't see? I need to share with somebody of like faith, of like walk, who can encourage me as I press forward. Listen, turn to your neighbor and say, you got a purpose. You got a purpose. You got a purpose. Now listen, if I'm trying to walk in my purpose, and I keep on going to somebody that's Listen, do you really think if he's not walking in his purpose that he wants me to walk in my purpose? It may be mama, daddy, sister, brother, husband, what? Listen, listen, listen. Here Jesus is in a house full of people and his brothers and his sisters and his mom comes knocking and said, we want to talk with Jesus. And what a lot of people miss is earlier in the text, the brothers has convinced Mary that Jesus is out of his mind. And they have come to take him by force and put him away. And the Lord knows it. And the Lord looked at the one who brings the message and said, tell them, whoever believes my word, that's my mother. That's my brother. Listen, I'm not saying disrespect. Well, I'm saying you don't give yourself to folks that is down in what God is giving you. Your purpose is that important. Your Listen, I can't even allow any relationship to become more important than my relationship with Christ. And my relationship with the Lord has a purpose and vision with my name on it. So guess what? As sister don't see it. Love them, but keep on walking. And brother don't see it. Love them, but I can't talk to you about this. There's some things you can't share with nobody until God shows you it's time to share. And some of us have been discouraged by folks who should have been our cheerleaders and they became our negative talkers. Guess what? Don't tell them nothing else. These, these warriors are David. The reason why they are so bad, because faith is, you can catch it. When you start walking with folks that are excited about the Lord, you start getting excited. But guess what? 
Negativity is catchy too. Someone told me, have you ever heard a saying that, uh, that one in a, what is that? Oh, uh, one bad apple in a barrel? Well, I used to think that was a saying until I did some research on it. And what happens is, what, thank you, man, you can sit down now. I'll call you back later, okay? We're not through yet, okay? Uh, but what happens is, in order for that fruit to decay, there is a bacteria that begins to destroy that fruit. Now, what happens if you place that bad fruit with good fruit, that bacteria that's on that bad fruit is going to leak and run on the good fruit. Now, watch this. So now, whatever is destroying that bad fruit has now contaminated the other fruit. So now, all the fruit. Okay, let me make it plain. You best watch who you walking with. You best watch who you talking with. I mean, watch this, watch this. As long as he's listening to me as I'm trying to win him for the Lord, that's good. But you can't allow them to affect your faith. I've seen a lot of folk who thought they were strong enough to go back and they wasn't strong enough, and instead of pulling them out, their friend pulled them back in. You see, if I got a brother that is stronger than me, then the two of us is stronger than the one of him. So now what has happened is the reason why I'm pulling is because two is stronger than one. Okay, now watch this. Go back again. <laughs> if he don't want to come and refuse to come, I would disconnect and cover him in prayer until he's ready to come. What is it that God has given you that you have to guard? And in the church, there ought to be an atmosphere that we are pulling on one another. Amen. I mean, I mean, I mean, you, you, you got to be able to reach back to, to have someone that sees from the same point to inspire one another, to encourage. We are an army, whether you know it or not. We are an army for the Lord, and we are fighting the devil and all his demons. And, 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 and watch this. And if we don't if we don't catch it, how can we give it to the next generation? There ought to be some men strong enough that even if you don't have or your biological son is grown, that you can become a father like to somebody that's not your biological son. We got to, listen, there's too many young men growing up without fathers. Let me, let, me, let me even move this back. There's too many young ladies yes, growing up without fathers. And the safe place should be in the house of the Lord that we become spiritual fathers to make spiritual deposits yes, into the next generation. Yes, 
If we don't begin to do that, we're going to lose the next generation. My brothers and sisters, it's not living perfectly, but it's seeing them, you, them seeing you live honestly. Did you hear that? One of the things I have purposely done with some of the ministers is they were coming off of some Sundays, and, and, and if I'm not feeling good, I let them know I'm not feeling good. You know why? They need to know you need to preach when you don't feel good sometimes. You got to understand what is happening here. They're learning from me, and if I always pretend like I'm good, they're going to think that every Sunday you're supposed to feel like it. Sometimes I don't feel like it. But what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm telling you, there are going to be plenty days that you're going to have to preach when you don't feel like it. Some days I want to come here. <sighs> Told one minister, he asked, he said, man, how you do it? I put on another hat. What you mean you put on another hat? I said, before I go out there, I got these hats, man. I got a hat for father, got a hat for husband, got a hat for counselor, got a hat for friend, got a hat for pastor, got a hat for preacher. So when I get ready to preach, I take off all the other hats and I put on the hat preacher. <laughs> And I'll, and I'll focus on, not on anything else, but I got to preach. Remember, it was, it was Michael, my nephew, eulogy. Michael died at 20, 21, 22, sick of cell. And we were sitting up here at this time. And, you know, it was hard because me and Michael was close. It was close. So I turned to Reverend Willis for strength, and he's crying. To Dr. Smith and he's boohooing. I looked up and said, My God, I can't turn to none of them, Lord. Lord, you have to help me. Why? Because I could not get caught up in the emotion of the moment because I couldn't deliver the word at that time. What hat are you wearing? I mean, see, because if you allow your emotions to get mixed up in your purpose, if you, if you, if you allow what people say to get caught up what people think, at some point you got to get past what people think. You got to get past what, the, what, what folks going to say. You got to get to the place, Lord, Lord, show me who I am and let me not be moved by every. I mean, I mean, put on your hat. And we got to put on the hat of who we are, our purpose in the Lord, our strength in the Lord. Paul, 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 Paul said, 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 I am your teacher, I'm your rabbi, walk in my dust. And as you walk in my dust, 
reach back and teach somebody. Uh, Timothy, Timothy, teach faithful men who are able to teach others. As I have taught you, he says, he says to them, he says, I, I'm sending you, Timothy, my son. My son, I'm, I'm sending you, Timothy, my beloved son, because, 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 watch this, watch this. Because I know Timothy has followed me and I trust him with what I have passed on to him. And he would teach you what I taught him. Come here. See, if I got five disciples and one of them has achieved a level that I can trust him, he can go get. Now, I tell you what's so awesome about it. There's no longer just one of me. There's two of me. So while I'm over here, he can be over there. And the more people I can release or he can release, guess what? It's growing. Do you know that's the picture that should be in the church? You see, it's very weak if I go out and do all the evangelism and tell people about Jesus. But if all of us know Jesus and tell somebody about Jesus, live the life of Jesus, then bring somebody to church with us about Jesus, and then guess what? There will be no empty pews because the church will be doing what the church is supposed to do. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is using the same principle. So, so why can't we use the same principle? No, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Notice that I just didn't tell him I walked with him. I imparted from my life into his life so that he becomes a part of me. Thank you, fellas. Listen. I see this same principle even in the Old Testament. I told you I was going to use you again. Come on. (laughs) The story is that of Elijah and Elijah. Principles. There was a lot of people who wanted to walk with Elijah, but Elijah is the one God chose and the one that wouldn't leave him. Elijah even told him, go back and he wouldn't. He knew exactly what he was doing because he knew that God was getting ready to take Elijah and he wanted what Elijah had. So no matter where he went, Elijah followed. Matter of fact, he had enough faith to even ask for what had never been asked before. He said, I know I'm going to get your portion. I don't don't even have to ask for your portion. I know that the principle is if I follow you, I get your portion. Hold on, hold on. Let me stop right there. 
He didn't have to ask for a portion because he already knew the principle was that if he followed him closely, he was going to get his portion. I didn't say y'all didn't clap well now. He didn't have to ask for a portion because he already knew that the portion was his because he walked with him as his disciple. So he already knew he was getting that portion. But he had enough faith to say, I not only want the portion that is owed me, I want the portion double. <laughs> is there anybody in the house want a double portion? Is there anybody got enough faith to say, I want a double portion? I'm not just satisfied with a portion, but I want more than that. Well, I said, Elijah even said, you're asking a hard thing. I don't know if I can grant that. God has to grant that. But I tell you what, if you see the fire chariot take me up, then you're going to get a double portion. Guess what? The fire came separated, and when Elijah was being taken up, he started yelling, I see the fire chariot fire. I get a double portion. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Many people catch, don't catch that. He went to the water and expected it to divide, and he hid it, and it didn't divide for him. You know what? You can't quit when it don't work at first. Some of us give up too soon. Listen, you got to know that you know that you know. Listen, listen, listen. It's just following the principles of God. If God said it, I know he's going to do it. So I'm going to wait right here till it's done. Somebody didn't hear that. If God said it, I know he's going to do it. So I ain't going nowhere. You may think I'm crazy, but I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm trusting in what I don't see. So I'm going to act as though I already know because I know my blessing is coming. Many of us, because you have to wait, you quit. Because he's going to keep on following me. Come on. Follow. He wants his portion, y'all see. He wants his double portion. Okay? So, so even though I didn't tell him to follow me, he ain't giving up that quickly. A lot of us would have quit and went and sat down. What you say? You want it all. But what if you got to go through some storm? What if you got to go through some struggle? What if you got to go through some pain? What if you got to wait for a long time? Can you trust God when you don't see it, but you know he has spoken in your heart about it? Can you trust God when nobody else is trusting God? Can you trust God through tears, through struggle, through heartache? Through hard time. Can you believe God when nobody else is believing God? We are soldiers. We are. You know what I love about these three bad boys, the three David Top soldiers? You're going to keep on following me? Come on. 
What I love about David Three Boys, when everybody else ran, they stood. When everybody else gave up, they stood. And the Bible said that they attained a name that the other 30 didn't have. Now, don't get me wrong. The 30 was some bad shut your mouth. But the three was even better. And I believe they was fighters, but I believe what they had more than anything else was faith. I believe that they trusted God. Lord, though I'm outnumbered 800 to 1, you said, I know you promised to in Deuteronomy, and I know you promised in Joshua that one will set a thousand aflight. Lord, I'm that one. My question is, can you stand on God's word like that? Listen, I want to know, is there any giant killers in the house? Is there, is there anybody who, who sees, has seen God do some, some awesome things and you believe that God can do some awesome things through you? See, at some point, it, it got to be just a spec, being spectators, but we got to believe for ourselves. Listen, listen. Let me talk to you. Because David killed Goliath, Every little boy in Israel now practice being a giant killer. <laughs> Listen. Oh, I just thought of something. Oh. Listen. This is crazy. David go pick up Goliath's sword, cut off his head. But watch this. Do you know what David did with Goliath's head? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. David took his head and buried it at the place of the Jebusites. Ah. Jebusites was people that was against God, but they had a fortified city in the middle of Israel. And even Joshua couldn't defeat the Jebusites. <laughs> Listen, hold on. Nobody, this was the strongest fortified city in the land of Cana. And even though they had conquered everybody else, the Jebusites would say, you can't conquer us. When I was in Israel, we literally walked through the, the water tunnel that was carved through limestone. And, and I mean, it was like, it was like if you had claustrophobia, you didn't want to go through here. Okay? Because you are bending down, you're, you're, it's dark, and, and it's about close to a mile, and you're walking through this thing. And, and watch this. And this is the water tunnel that David's soldiers walked through to get inside the fortress to take the fortress. Right. Wait a minute. 
But David is not king yet. He's a shepherd boy, and he takes the head of Goliath, and he buried it outside of the fortress of the Jebusites. You know what I think David is saying? Uh, y'all know. Did you, did, did you, huh? What'd he say? Well, well, why would he think that? So now he believes. So, so, he, so, he, so he sets this, the head of Goliath, as a reminder of what his God could do. Hold on. 20 years later. <laughs> 20 years later. Remember, he's a shepherd boy. He's not even playing for Saul yet. He runs from Saul for years. So 20 years later, when he is king, he said, I told you 20 years ago that I was going to tear your kingdom down. I planted the head of Goliath, my first giant, the same God that defeated Goliath is the same God that's going to take you down. I told you 20 years ago, I can go to the very site where I buried his head and the same thing that God did with him God's going to do with you. I'm standing on the promises of God and your kingdom is coming down. I want to know today, can you stand on your past testimony, on your past victories and say, I know victory is mine. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know my day of blessing is coming. And the devil don't stand a chance because my God is God. My God is God. See, see, my, my little victories give me faith for my future victories. So walk with me because we are mighty men of God. And my victories going to be your victory. So let me encourage your faith by my faith. In fact, I said, after a while, he's not following on me no more. But I bring him up front and I'm pushing him. Because I done got older and I need a young man with fresh ideals, with fresh anointing. Now, now watch this. As, as he is moving forward, he's not leaving me. I'm walking with him, but I'm pushing him as he goes forward. Is there any old, older folks, senior folks, got enough faith to push, to push somebody younger that they may walk by faith? The church ought to be leading or pushing. You shouldn't be sitting down. You ought to be leading or pushing. 
If you can't lead no more, push, push. Get behind somebody, push, push. Because his victory is my victory. My victory is our victory. Our victory is God's victory. God's victory is Christ's victory. That's what should be happening. Listen, listen. If I tell them to go up on the roof and jump off, because they can fly, I don't care how much faith they have, they can't fly. You know why? The law of gravity, even though you can't see it, you can feel it. But wait a minute. Isn't the spiritual laws of God even more real than the law of gravity? That even if we don't understand it, it still works. Matter of fact, it works so well that the devil reads the Bible and try to work it for himself. Somebody said, I know it's somebody taking. Now you got to prove that to me. Don't you remember when Jesus went and he was tempted in the wilderness and Jesus started quoting scriptures? The devil started quoting scriptures right with him. Well, how come he can quote scripture? He's reading the Bible. Well, why is he reading the Bible? Because if it works for God, he can put a negative twist on it and it will work for him. Why? Because the principle work whether you know it or not. And it works for good or bad according how you work it. Okay? I done lost somebody. Let me bring it back a little bit simpler. If you plant bad seeds, you're going to get bad fruit. Some of us is expecting good fruit from bad seeds. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Let me say it in a way that will get your attention. Hell to the no. It don't work that way. Bad seeds begets bad fruit. But if you plant good seeds and keep on watering and keep on nurturing, you're going to get good fruit. It works either way. Okay. Okay. Let, 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 let me, can I, I, I need to close this out. Let's close this out. Let's close this out. Paul is saying, I'm following the greatest rabbi called Jesus. I'm doing what he's teaching me. And if you do what he's teaching you, it's going to work for you. The question is, whose word do we believe? <laughs> whose report will you believe? 
The devil's speaking something, but the Lord is speaking something. It is funny that everyone who even experienced God don't believe God. How is it that in the time of battle, when it gets hot and heavy, that most people run? Somehow, we got to get the word of God so down in us that even when it gets hard, you're going to plant your feet and say, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to believe him. And I'm going to leave the outcome to God. Well, my, my brother and sister, we, we are victorious when we stand. We are victorious when we hook up with other folks. Mm -hmm. And listen, you got to talk faith to me. Uh -huh. Why? I can't allow you to contaminate the seeds that I got in the ground. Is no, anybody got no. seeds in the ground? Yeah. Is anybody... Is there anybody who believe in God on something? Is there anybody that, 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 that think that God is up to something? Then I tell you what, be careful who you hook up to because they can, be, they can, they can contaminate your faith. Speak faith to yourself and find somebody that's on the same page. I tell people, you can't give your heart to just anybody. <laughs> you can't handle it. You haven't been through what I've been through. You don't see what I see. I'll give you enough just to help you, but to give you my heart, you don't know what to do with it. Matter of fact, it would mess you up if I give you everything that God has done. So I got to find somebody that God has taught them like they have taught me. And now I put my heart on the table, you put your heart on the table, and we can walk together in faith because my faith got to increase your faith. Your faith got to increase my faith. And we're going to do exploits for the Lord. Is there anybody trusting Jesus? Is there anybody want to see God do some great things? Is there anybody believe that our God is a miracle worker? Our God is a healer. Our God is a way maker. Our God is God. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is the picture God gave me. Then I'm through. Can you imagine after the children of Israel has crossed the Red Sea and they have scurried up the side of the Red Sea and then they turn around and they see their enemies coming across and they see God remove his hand and the water. Yes. My, my, my. 
you imagine them getting hit by the splash of water, getting soaking wet, but not drowned? Can you imagine them standing there with their mouths open? And God saying, where are you ending at now? They gone, Lord. Where the one that was chasing you now? Gone, Lord. Where the folks that used to talk about you now? Where's Pharaoh and all his imps? You know what I think they said? They begin to say, Our God is God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hold on, hold on, hold on. See, there was a whole lot of gods that, that, that had a whole lot of names. But after this, God has so exalted himself that them as a people stood there, and as a people, they said, Our God. It's God. Do you know what God's trying to do in your life? You know why God will put you in an impossible situation with impossible circumstances, with impossible, impossibles, impossible? You know why God will, 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 will put you in a corner, paint you in a corner, and give you no way out. And the only way you can, you can look down or you can look up, but there's no other way to look. You know what, God, sometimes allow us to stew in our own mess until we have tried A through Z and we still have made no changes. <laughs> you know what, God, with sometimes put you where you crying and you weeping and you don't know what else to do so all you got to do is just lay out on the Lord because there's nobody else to lay out on and all you got is God because you're trying everybody else and if God don't do it it won't be done <laughs> you know what God would do some of the things that he does until we are totally exhausted and we have used everything we have and we have nothing less to use and if God don't get us out we won't get out I, I, I believe that God wants us to have the experience because too many of us are going to other gods. Too, too, too many of us are, are not practicing faith. So God's going to put you in a position it's either faith or nothing. Oh, y'all don't hear me. See, see unless we apply faith, we're going to keep being stuck where we're at. But if you apply faith, God gets you up every morning when you feel like laying down. God will give you peace in the midst of the storm. God will rock you to sleep like the rock of ages. God will speak to your heart and you act like you got victory because you're getting beat up. There's something on the inside that won't let you let go of Jesus. He's just that good. And when he moves, and when he makes his move, when he gets done moving, you're going to stand there saying, 
My God. My God. My God. My God. My God. My personal God. My, 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 my. you but my God my 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 God is God is God God wants the church to affirm him at that level and when we affirm him at that level, miracles, the impossibilities will begin to happen. When we, like the children of Israel, say, our God is God. Jesus got up, and he's sitting on the right hand of the Father, and he is my God. There's somebody here that you need to affirm your faith again. The battle has been waxing hot. You've been fighting and you need to reassess your faith and strengthen your faith. Listen, God didn't make you to be a long ranger Christian. It takes walking with brothers and sisters of light faith so that your faith can be encouraged. Today, if God is calling you to back to the body of Christ, or maybe for the first time, come on. Let's walk this together. Let's strengthen one another. Let's, let's encourage one another. Let's talk faith with one another. If you're here today, I got preachers that would talk with you and pray with you. If you're here, come on.